You're listening to The Good GP, the podcast for busy GPs. Hello, this is Tim from The Good GP. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Glenn Turner from Park Run Australia. For those of you who aren't aware, Park Run's a community organisation that runs free walking or running events for people of all ages and abilities in over 300 neighbourhoods across Australia. Park Run's looking for GPs to consider prescribing Park Run for patients who might benefit from regular exercise and participating in a positive community activity. If you're interested or need more information, please go to the website www.parkrun.com.au. If you've got any questions for The Good GP, feel free to email us at thegoodgp at gmail.com. Today's episode is on prescribing exercise to patients and our special guest today is the health lead for Parkrun Australia, Glenn Turner. Welcome, Glenn. Thanks, Tim. Great to be here. Really appreciate the invitation. I'm really excited about this episode. Parkrun is an organisation that a lot of GPs will be aware of. It's one that's close to my heart. I'm a regular Parkrunner. But just by way of explaining, what is Parkrun? Well, Tim, I think the first point to make is that Parkrun certainly isn't just about running. I think the best description I've heard is that Parkrun is a social activity that masquerades as a walking and running event. But in a nutshell, Parkrun started back in the UK in 2004 and what I always find fascinating is that the original parkrun model hasn't changed one bit. Our understanding of the way that parkrun benefits individuals and communities has really evolved enormously and does so every week. And so from 2007, parkrun expanded beyond London. And then in 2009, it spread internationally. And in 2011, came to Australia. The first parkrun was at Main Beach on the Gold Coast in 2011. And since then, another 350 parkruns have started around Australia. And around 521,000 Australians are taking part and we're actually about to launch our 21st country around the world this Saturday in Japan. Recently, we passed 5 million park runners around the world. So from those really humble beginnings in London in 2004, it's really turned into a, a global health and social initiative. Yeah, what a wonderful story, Glenn. And I guess what I would say is there's a couple of really important messages to go out to GPs when thinking about parkrun, both for themselves and for their patients. I mean, the first thing to say is it's not about the run, it's a community event and it's a regular community event that people can participate in. The second thing is it's really not about running at all. A lot of the participants are, are runners and it's really available for novices and it's really not a event for being ultra competitive or necessarily improving things. It's just about participation in general. I think that's what's wonderful about Parkrun and it's why it's something that is readily available to just about anyone who can walk. Yeah, I think so. So Parkrun's always been predicated on finding ways to break down barriers to participating and breaking down the barriers to a community in terms of delivering that event for their community every week. And what that's really taught us, I think, is that is that participation at Parkrun is an incredibly personal thing. And it's completely up to an individual as to how they choose to take part. So we define Parkrun participation as walking or running or volunteering. And increasingly, we're using the term spectating as well and putting this into the mix because as we start to evolve our understanding of how beneficial it can be to have something to motivate you to get out of bed in the morning and then stand outside in the fresh air and be part of a community and speak to other people in your community. 
We're hearing more and more from people who talk about they're coming along to spectate because they were too anxious to take part. But after seeing it with their own eyes, they've got the confidence to come back and give it a go. And we also hear from people who I guess are more experienced park runners who are talking about, yes, they can get involved through running or walking or volunteering. But there are some times where simply spectating almost has a, a bigger influence on their health and well-being. And so I think the point is that Parkrun is about empowering everybody in the community to get involved in their local event in whatever way feels comfortable and fun and enjoyable for that person. Because we know that if it is comfortable and fun, then it's more likely to become habitual and lead to sustained participation. I think it's also about those positive associations with physical activity. We hear the exercise industry all the time. It's about no pain, no gain, about pushing harder and running faster and lifting more and exercise being a punishment. But we want people to think about physical activity and smile. So it does become a habit rather than just a New Year's resolution or some sort of fad that we dip in and dip out of. So I think it's that positive reinforcement of regular participation in combination with all of the associated health and social benefits, which taken together really provide an experience that appeals to a really wide range of people. So Glenn, just divert a little bit. If I'm explaining to, say, a patient what park run is, and I say, oh, it's a 5K walk or run, a lot of people don't understand what 5K is. So in a time frame, if I was to walk 5K, how long would that take? It's a really good question. And of course, it depends a lot on the type of course, on the weather conditions, on the individual. We see a time range at Park Run from 15 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes or sometimes more. We know that the average walking time is around about 50 minutes, so five zero. But it's really up to the individual. So it's a very accessible time frame and it's not a big chunk of their day. It's an hour out of your day on a Saturday morning and it's fun and enjoyable. So it's relatively easy to recommend. Yeah, I think it is. And I think the fact that in Australia, we're the fastest growing parkrun country at the moment in terms of the creation of new events. So what's also helpful, I guess, is that the proximity between you and your local parkrun is probably getting closer and closer. So as I said earlier, we've got 350 parkruns around Australia at the moment. And we expect to launch another 150 or so over the next two years. So what we've started to try and do a lot more is to promote parkrun in areas where it doesn't currently exist amongst demographics that are underrepresented in our participation data. And I guess start that conversation around the myriad of ways that people can get involved in our events. I guess one of the great stories that come out of Parkrun, in my opinion, was that back in 2012, we had a GP surgery in the UK in Yorkshire, and the GPs there were really keen to prescribe Parkrun to some of their patients, but also to the practice staff and kind of each other. So one of those leading by example, a kind of holistic wellness program in this GP surgery. And there was no Parkrun within about 20 minutes. And the GPs knew that was going to be an obstacle that was probably too hard to surmount. So they got together as a team and said, look, there is a massive park across the road from our surgery. Why don't we form a volunteer team, start the park run in the knowledge that generally speaking, the community will buy into the event and they'll probably take it on as it starts to get legs. And so these doctors came together and the practice staff and they created this park run. 
Uh, the GPs have all stepped back. It's practice staff and other people in the community have come forward to own that event. Just goes to show there are so many different ways that groups of volunteers will come to us. Say, look, we think that Parkrun could benefit our community. And as we start that conversation around trying to increase the number of our events in areas where there is a huge amount for communities to gain, then I think more and more and more people are going to be within striking distance of a parkrun. And that's got to be a great thing in terms of creating a model where it's accessible to, to the greatest number of people. Yeah, look, I was looking through the map of where they are. There's, as you say, there's 350 across Australia. If you're in the metro area, there's a very strong chance that there's one very close to you. Even if you're rurally based, have a look in your community. If you're overseas, and we do have overseas listeners, you know, they're in all sorts of countries. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think when we're talking about any kind of healthcare practitioner recommending Parkrun to their patients, I think it goes to show that it, it is a really personal thing. And there is a real element of where your local parkrun is, the patients that you're seeing, what your area looks like. All of these different things have an impact on how individuals can benefit from parkrun. And we can hear that all the time because one of the elements of parkrun that's really been ingrained, I guess, right since the beginning has been storytelling. In other words, people have always seem to be really compelled to share their incredibly personal parkrun stories with the big wide world and to talk about how parkrun itself has impacted them and their families, but not just on Saturday mornings, but throughout the rest of the week. And so we literally get thousands of pieces of feedback every year that we share on the parkrun blog site, on the social media, in the mainstream media. And this is kind of how the whole idea of social prescribing of parkrun came about because we became increasingly aware of people saying that they'd been introduced to parkrun by healthcare practitioners for a whole variety of reasons. Of course, there were the obvious ones around getting a bit fitter or maybe losing a bit of weight, but the vast majority were, I suppose, more personalized than that. So it was a health professional identifying one or more elements of parkrun participation where they believed a patient could benefit more than, I guess, what you'd call a, in inverted commas, traditional medication. So things such as people with mental health challenges, for example, who would say, I've got motivation during the week to get out of bed for work or study, but I've got no reason to get out of bed on a Saturday. And so parkrun became a focal point for them, a motivation to get up, to get out of the house, to get into a, a positive and supportive environment. We hear people who are, say, blind or visually impaired, who've never taken part in any kind of physical activity outside before. They feel that parkrun is a safe space for them. We hear a lot from community groups, especially in areas where there are lower health outcomes. So we hear of churches, for example, taking the congregation down to parkrun each week. We hear of people who are refugees or asylum seekers on temporary protection visas who are going down to parkrun, obviously to help with, I guess, mental health in terms of the uncertain situation that they're in, but also assimilating into the culture, learning the language, looking at where the parks and open spaces are, starting to make some connections locally, that kind of thing. And we hear about people going down in three or four generations and taking part together. We hear about people from, say, the LGBTQI plus community identifying Parkrun as a safe space for a group of people who we know from lots and lots of evidence have often been excluded from organized sport and physical activity. And we hear people who are dealing with grief, with dealing with addiction, people who are using it as prehab prior to surgery, as rehab afterwards. We hear lots of people who've had cardiac surgery or cardiac episodes, and they've been referred to Parkrun as a safe space to help really to, more than anything, overcome the anxiety of exercising their heart again. 
And then we've got park runs in prisons as well in some countries. And we've got prison doctors who are referring prisoners to park run to help with things such as transitioning to smoke-free prison environments, to help with substance problems, to help with prisoners who've never engaged in the physical activity program before, but park runs adding an extra string to the bow in terms of what's available. And then we hear from prisoners down the line who talk about how they've continued park running after their release because it motivates them to make healthier lifestyle choices post-release and it assists with their reintegration by providing positive circle of influence that they can access every Saturday and they know what Parkrun is having been introduced to it whilst they were inside prison. And then of course you've got people with a whole range of long-term disabilities and health conditions who are referred not just for the physical activity but to get involved in their community because so often they, they say things such as not only was I excluded from physical activity from my entire life because I was told I couldn't do it but that meant that I was excluded from my community as well. And so you start to look at all of these thousands and thousands of stories and anecdotes. And what they've got in common, I think, is that they're not extraordinary. This is normal now because these are normal, ordinary people who have been empowered to make positive lifestyle choices that have got permanent benefits for them that extend throughout the week and and also for their family and their friends. And that to me is really incredibly powerful. And now it's that anecdotal evidence that led us in the UK a couple of years ago to conduct a, a nationwide social prescribing survey of primary healthcare professionals to find out more about whether they were engaged in social prescribing, if they were referring patients to Parkrun, if so, what successes they were having, and if not, what more we could do to empower them to do so more effectively. The feedback from that survey was really overwhelming because it was clear that there was a a huge appetite to scale up what was already happening. And so we then started discussions with the RCGP in the UK, who speak a lot about social prescribing and, and lifestyle medicine, which obviously aligned with us. And we knew deep down that we wanted to be able to reach more people that our word of mouth hadn't got to yet. And that needed, in our opinion, to be driven by health professionals, because doctors, for example, have got a huge amount of credibility. They've got standing in the community. They're real influences in their community. And they've got access to the people who we simply couldn't reach through word of mouth. And so that led us to join forces with the RCGP to introduce what we call the Parkrun Practices Initiative, which essentially equips GP surgeries to formally link with their nearest Parkrun and provides them with a really extensive online resource kit to, to signpost patients where it's appropriate to Parkrun. And so it's a relatively new thing. It started about seven months ago, but in the first seven months, more than 10% of the 7,500 GP surgeries in the UK are now linked with their nearest parkrun. So when you consider that there are 800 parkruns in the UK and 800 GP surgeries are now signed up, it's been an incredible take up. And the process itself is is quite straightforward. So it just involves GP practices speaking to their local parkrun. We encourage them to go along to their event, see it for themselves, meet a few of the volunteers, and I guess start to formulate an understanding of if and how some of the patients or indeed the practice staff, as we mentioned earlier, might be able to benefit. And the practice then registers to be an official parkrun practice on the RCGP website. They receive a certificate that can be displayed in the waiting room. And I think it's really important too to say that, or to emphasize that it's a it's a self-declared and trust-laden process. So it's not about KPIs or strict adjudication, anything like that. It's, it's much more about identifying patients that may benefit from some aspect of parkrun participation and then looking at how to facilitate an introduction to that person's nearest event. And what's also been really impactful, I think, in the broader sense is that even though the online toolkit sits on the RCGP website, 
any healthcare practitioner can access it and adapt it for their own purposes. So in the same way that GPs can use the template to suit their practice and their catchment area, other healthcare professionals can do the same. And so on the back of that, Parker in Australia has just released our own social prescribing survey here. And we're really keen for all primary healthcare professionals to take, if they can, three or four minutes just to complete the survey because that's going to play a huge part in informing our next steps in Australia in terms of applying and adapting, hopefully, a similar model here. Like in the UK, we know anecdotally that Parkrun is being prescribed in Australia. We just need to build up a better idea of what's happening. And that survey is available on the Parkrun Australia Facebook page and also on our Twitter feed. And it's open for another couple of weeks or so. So if any of your listeners, Tim, are keen to have their say and help us to inform our views on social prescribing, then please jump on either of those social media channels and, and take a few minutes to complete the survey because it's going to be really, really helpful for us in terms of introducing, hopefully, a more formalized process in Australia for social prescribing. Yeah, that's brilliant, Glenn. There's so many great messages there, but most importantly, Parkrun is something that GPs can recommend and it's great for patients. It's so much more than just a one-hour walk or a 30 to 40-minute run for people. It's becoming part of a community. It encourages communication and social interaction and almost all the participants look happy. And I guess that's the one thing as GPs we often struggle to sort of help patients with is how to find happiness and it's a sure recipe to find happiness, at least for that half hour to an hour that you're out there anyway. So Glenn, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today and great work and hopefully GPs can get behind the uh, park run message. Thanks, Tim. I really appreciate it. 